On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder wrapped up the preseason. And what can you expect from the regular season after J Dub looks like a star and Chet Holmgren played like the unicorn that he is? We'll talk all about it on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. You can even join the Locked On Thunders insiders on subtext.com slash Locked On Thunder. And on today's show, we're breaking down the final preseason game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. A lot to dive into, including how great Chet Holmgren looked in this game. J-Dub looks like a star with his scoring profile. Josh Giddy got to the free throw line a lot tonight. Kaysen Wallace, I think, will play right away and so much more to dive into. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball Let's start with the game overview, the way we always do here with SGA being out. Yeah, a knee contusion does not sound like a big deal at all, but a knee contusion, he was out for this game. Uh, Lindy Waters did not play, coach's decision, likely just trying to get uh, some different looks in there, some different players in there. The, the Thunder kind of know what Lindy Waters is, and, and the Thunder clearly have trusted Lindy Waters. They, they played him a lot in the uh, down the stretch of last season and in the play-in, so the preseason finale, they couldn't really gain much from playing Lindy. And so uh, no, he didn't play in this game. Uh, Kenneth Williams was out with his back spasms. Poku was out with his ankle injury that happened before training camp. And then, of course, Jay Will will be reevaluated in a couple of weeks with a hamstring strain. And in this game, though, Kaysen Wallace did return from that uh, great toe sprain. So he is back. The Thunder start Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Olivier Saar, and Chet Holmgren, along with J-Dub, of course, the Pistons started Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Asar Thompson, Isaiah Stewart, and Jalen Duran. The biggest thing from this game, I think, is Chet Holmgren. It, it, he only played the first half of this basketball game, but it was it was what he can do to the opposition. So like one of the first plays, he, he meets Azar Thompson at the rim, which is no small feat. Thompson can jump out of the gym. He did get called for a foul, so Thompson had to go earn him at the line. But you know, throughout the game, he, he compiled blocks, including this double-handed block on Jalen Duran that kept the ball in play. The ball goes right to Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy starts the transition offense. And so I, I asked Chet Holmgren after the game if that is like a, a skill or if that's just like the luck of the draw. And he says a little bit of both, but he but he definitely said it's a skill that you can work on and that you like intentionally try to do. And I, and I think that like oftentimes with shot blockers, you see either A, they just hunt for a ton of block shots and, and that's all they're looking to do defensively. That's not the case for Chet Holmgren. But B, sometimes you can look for like that highlight block of, of I'm going to swat this into row 50 or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this off the glass and, and things like that. It feels like with Chet Holmgren, not only 
are you getting a really, really good shot blocker who understands shot blocking timing, who understands how to affect shots at the rim, and understands when to try to go get a block, and also limits his fouling, by the way, when he's contesting shots at the rim. You're not only getting all of that, but you're getting someone who is intentional with the way that they block shots and trying to set up an advantage off of that block shot for the offense, especially with how many playmakers are on this team. Like the, If you can keep a block in bounds with how active this team is and the amount of playmakers this team has, it's going to, to breed success for this offense and for this team that even last year was third in the league in pace. So they like to go fast. They like to play in transition. Those are those are two of their uh, biggest key factors of their offense. And so being intentional with how you block the shot is really awesome to see. But offensively, I think, is where you're going to see a big difference for the center team as well. We know about that difference he provides defensively and like the, the just pure um, lack of a rim protector last year and lack of a big man last year, how, how adding a defensive anchor will help this Thunder team. We know all about that. Offensively, though, you saw Chet Holmgren in this game. He, he grabs a rebound, goes coast to coast, pull up three. Now, the ball didn't go in, but I, I think that you give him that shot you know, nine times out of 10, you know, or, or, you know, say seven times out of 10 to be, you know, ac accurate. I think he'll make that shot. You know, he'll make that shot more often than he won't uh, because he's a good three-point shooter. And so if you have a guy who can go coast to coast and he can finish at the rim so well, he can pass it off to the next guy as a playmaker and he can pull up from three, it just continues to show defenses that there's not exactly a, a, a key way to stop this Thunder team in transition, no matter who's initiating that transition opportunity. And in this preseason, the ability to get to the free throw line has been like consistent. And so it, it makes you believe that that's a real talent and a real skill that he will possess in the NBA. And so getting to the line does a lot of different things for you. Of course, you know, you're scoring with the clock uh, happening. You're getting easy points, especially for a guy like Chet who can cash in at the free throw line. But most importantly for, for Chet individually, we talk all the time about how, you know, if you if you're shooting – you know, if you're shooting more free throws, it'll take you from five points per game to 10, 10 to 15, et cetera. So you're now adding to his points per game total, and it's just helping you out as finding another avenue of which to score. And then you saw the putback slam on a Josh Giddy miss three. That was something that the Thunder have not had in a long time. And that is a energy-giving play. That, that, that excites the crowd. It excites your teammates. And it's a deflating play for the opposition. Right, you got the miss three, you, you got what you wanted, and then, boom, Chet Holmgren is there to put it back. Th those blocks are energy-giving plays. The, the crowd loves them, the teammates love them, and then, you know, when you get your shot blocked in the NBA, it probably doesn't feel good, I have to imagine, right? So there are so many different things that he can string together, like just Chet Holmgren can string together, that are such energy-giving plays that can be so demoralizing for defenses and for the opposition. Then you add in, you know, along with Chet doing all these things, right? So you get a couple Chet, you know, blocks and a Chet putback and a Chet corner three-pointer. And then you get two tough SGA buckets where it's just you're draped all over him and, the, and he just makes them. There's nothing you can do about it. Then you get a J-Dub emphatic slam into a timeout where, where he is just screaming into the void, right? Like you get those things that, that happen in a, in a certain sequence and it can just take the opposition totally out of the game. And so that's why I think this team, 
is going to do really well at home. Like they're going to play really well in the Paycom Center. And I think this team is set up to have a really successful 82-game stretch because they are going to do that night in and night out. And there's just going to be some teams who just who just quit and just like, okay, we'll, we'll just pack in and, and, and play for a different night. And I think that this team has so many ways that they can deflate you. And they have so many ways where they can take advantage of you no matter what you do. Like if they have a counter to your counter. So there were two plays in pretty short order that happened in this game where Chet's standing at the top of the key and Michich drives in and then throws this over-the-head pass to Chet at the top of the key. Chet goes with a little shot fake and then goes through the lane, spinning through the lane, finishing at the rim. That is just something that only Chet Holmgren can do at that five spot as a big man. Finishing at the rim, through the lane. Now, and a couple plays later, J-Dub is the one driving, and he throws that same over-the-head pass to, to Chet, who's also at the top of the key. Now, defensively, you just saw him go through the lane like that and finish at the rim. You might want to take a couple steps off of him and, and gear up for him to drive into you. But if you do that on this play, Chet has a wide open three and he splashes it home from beyond the arc. So it really compromises how you set up positionally. No matter what you do, the Thunder have a lot of guys that no matter what you do, they can take advantage of it. They, they can be a team that makes you pay for, for trying to counter their counters, for trying to counter their attack. And so I, I think that that's what's most exciting about this upcoming season is just, is just seeing the cat and mouse game of um, how do you play this team? Like when, when the ball's tipped off on, on Wednesday and, and these games count in the record books and these games uh, count in standings, you're trying to make the playoffs, what do you look to give up? What do you look to, to force the Thunder to do? Like, is the plan to just leave Lou Dort in the corner? And, like, if he shoots a corner three, you live with it? Well, he, sh he shot 40% from the corner threes his whole career besides his rookie season. So, like, uh, I'm just interested to see how they're going to attack the Thunder. Because the Thunder have enough guys who can create an advantage off of, like, any defensive you know, positioning. In this game, in a half of basketball, he played 13 minutes. He had 10 points, four rebounds, one assist, and three blocks. So far this preseason, and remember, these are like numbers that are skewed because he only plays like a half of basketball each game. Uh, but 16 points, an assist, five rebounds, two blocks, 75% from the free throw line, 50% from deep, 58% from the floor. Chet Holmgren is the real deal, and he is as good as advertised, and he is going to be an excellent player, and specifically an excellent player in this system and, and with these teammates around him. And I love the fact that, again, we're still early, but he's faced a lot of different kind of looks. Um, you know, the Pistons a couple of times. He's played uh, the, the Spurs, who have, you know, Zach Collins and and, and uh, Victor Omanyama. He's played uh, Giannis and the Bucks and, and and Robin Lopez. You know, he's played some different, different caliber of players, but also some different play styles. And still, he doesn't get into foul trouble, even as a rookie. And so I'm interested to see if that can continue. Because I think that that will be the biggest factor this season. I fully believe that Chet Holmgren can have a massive winning impact from the word go. I think that the only thing that can hold him back is if he gets into foul trouble, which to this point, he hasn't been. Now, again, it's preseason, right? So, you know, the the the, the physicality is different. The, the pace is different. The whistles are different. But if that can continue where he's not getting in foul trouble and he's still 
altering shots at the rim. Because even when he doesn't get a block, even whenever there's no block on the play, he's really helping altering shots at the rim. If that all stays consistent throughout the season, this is going to be one of those rookies that that help you win right away, which is a, which is a rare sight. Right, so we'll talk about Jadub coming up. I think he's a star. We'll talk about Josh Giddy getting to the free throw line more and the rest of this Thunder team. But first, I want to say right now, I better good friends over at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started because guess what? When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, win or lose, you place a $5 bet, just five bucks. And no matter if that bet wins or if that bet loses, if you're a new customer, you get $200 back for you to bet on the spread, on player props, on over-unders, and more. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now, and we're going to see the NFL season in full swing now. We see college football at the halfway point, and this week, NBA basketball ramps, ramps back up. So you can do a lot of different things here. You can bet on the NFL. You can bet on the baseball playoffs. You can bet on college football with both college teams in action this week, you can bet on basketball right now. Now, you can bet future-wise, like on a on a game next week where the Thunder play the Bulls on their season opener. That's already on the board, and the Thunder are one-and-a-half-point underdogs in Chicago. If you think that they're going to win that game, you can go bet that right now. But you can also bet on like who's going to win the championship, what the finals matchup will be what the over-under will be for win total for the Thunder and for any other team in the league. So you can bet on basketball right now, and especially next week, when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, you put $5 down, you get $200 back. If you're a new customer at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning Every single day, we're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. J-Dub. J-Dub is a star. He's a star. 20 points, 5 assists, a steal, 5 for 5 at the free throw line, 1 for 3 from 3, 20 points on 15 shots. I continue to say it, but he added that muscle, and he's able to play differently. He's able to just bully guys and run into the defense, knock them off their spot, and convert at the at the line. He's able to ram right his way to the rim, take contact, finish, and get the, the calls to go to the free throw line. He's able to play that strong bully ball style. But he's also still crafty. He, he still can – can have, he had a play where he, he goes all the way down to the low block, and he's kind of walled off there, and he just slithers his way with his lengthy arms. He, he, he kind of moves his arm around the defender and has this, like, scoop shot layup in this game. Like, he is special, and his scoring profile continues to grow. He also had an off-the-dribble pull-up. He goes into a pass fake and then shoots at the elbow and just a pull-up mid-range jumper. If you can do that consistently, now, one play does not, you know, make it a part of your repertoire, but if that is something that you can continue to improve upon and continue to add, and he was very efficient last year at all three levels, if you can continue to add on that and do it in a, of course, larger role, larger sample size, uh, and just a, you know, a, a more aggressive style of it without losing a ton of that efficiency. But if you can just bump guys off their spot at the rim and you can finish around them and you can finish through them and you can pull up in the mid-range, this is another score 
who would have defenders on their heels. Does that sound familiar to you of another player on this Thunder roster who lives at the rim, scores efficiently, and has defenders on their heels? Like, J-Dub is a really special talent. He can he can be a, a crafty interior scorer. He can get you kind of uh, behind him. He can, you know, get by you and blow by you. He can also both go around you and through you. But he can also play make. And so, like, if you ever did want to shade over and help and, and, and kind of trap J-Dub or, or force the issue with J-Dub, he has the vision and he has the passing ability to make you pay for it. He has the off-ball movement to where you're, whoever is on J-Dub is going, to, is going to have to work. It's going to be a long night. And it might, you know, we'll see what the points per games look like, but he's always going to be moving and cutting and finding a window just in case that his teammates can find him. And more often than not, his teammates will find him. He can find that soft spot in the defense. He just can ruin defensive matchups. And, and Mark talked about, you know, that that half-court lob play from Michich and, and talked about how um, that is fully on J-Dub being able to play a, a variety of positions where whenever they're playing super small and, like, they're, their quote-unquote big men are J-Dub and Usman, uh, in transition, the, the center kind of gets lost on, on who to pick up, who stopped the ball, who, where's my guy at, which one of these guys is my guy, and you just slip kind of behind them and, and, and cut baseline behind Lopez, and, and, and Michich throws that lob play against the Bucks. Like, those type of things all add up and all kind of accumulate into what he can be as a scorer and, and as an initiator. Like Jadab can, and he did. I mean, we shouldn't say can. He did last year play all five positions. He spent part of the year being a backup point guard. He spent part of the year being a, a five, and then he's played four. He's played three. Like he's he's done it all. He's done it all. And the, that ability is so rare, but also his ability to do it, uh, kind of kind of uh, in the spur of the moment, so to say. Like, not even necessarily game plan for in the sense of like, oh, tonight you're going to do this. He can do it all within the same game and just turn it on and off and know, know what to do. Like, like put on the, put on the guard hat, put on the wing hat, put on the big hat, like all in one fell swoop. And that can really keep defenses off balance, especially with the way you can score the basketball. Now, you know, in terms of like star, what does that mean? Kendrick Williams, at training camp last year, said that J-Dub's a future all-star. I believe that eventually in his career, J-Dub will make an all-star team. I don't think it'll be this year. I I, I think that he might have a year similar to how uh, SGA had uh, a few years ago, where we all know that that's all-star caliber numbers. That's an all-star caliber player. He is playing like an NBA all-star. But the Western Conference is so tough. There's so many players who have the reputation of being an all-star and you have to continue to you know, reward sort of the career achievement award type of thing. And just the, the, the nature of how good a team has to be to get multiple all-stars and how willing you know, players and the media who vote on this, and of course the fan vote is kind of like skewed a lot of the times so of, of just random players get a ton of votes, random players don't get votes. And so like, the fan vote is kind of out there, but the players and the coaches who, who also have votes in this in the media, like them, their votes on this, like like how much respect can the Thunder build in time to get a second All-Star? 
I don't know if that'll happen this year, but I think that this year you could realistically see him playing at an all-star caliber level. I don't think he'll make the all-star team this year, but I think it'll play at that kind of kind of le- level for him. Now, Josh Giddy looked really impressive in this game as well. He, he had that floater working, and, and, and the preseason coming into last night, he was shooting five for eight on floaters. That's a legitimate skill for Josh Giddy. He attacked the rim much stronger, even going into the trees, and it resulted in him getting eight free throws in this game. 14 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, two steals. He helps you so much by getting those six defensive rebounds because while while everyone can play make and everyone can, can go coast to coast, and that's the value of this team playing fast and in transition, you, of course, have a hierarchy of like who you'd rather have the ball running in transition. And like Shea's obviously up there, but Josh Giddy is one of the best at running in transition because he is going to look for the pass first, and you're going to have all these guys that can run the floor very well. And you're not going to get, even for Shea, you're not going to get easier shots for Shea, who really has to work. And, and lucky, he, luckily, he's so good, he can make very, very tough shots. He can make um, you know very uh, difficult shots, and, and the shot quality can be poor, and he can still make it. But you're not going to get better-looking shots than what, what Josh Giddy can set you up for in transition. And that partly stems from the six defensive rebounds. So him, him, him flying in there and getting boards is really good for this team. He took a step up last year. I think that last year's step up kind of got washed under the rug a little bit because of how good J-Dub was. But he took a step up last year. And, and I think that this year you might feel it more in the numbers. Like you could feel his step up last year in the eye test. This year I think you can feel it in the numbers a little bit uh, for what I would expect to see from Josh Giddy. But he was just really good tonight, and, and he was really, really good. Uh, coming up, let's talk about Michich. Let's talk about Case and Wallace. And then let's talk about the end of this roster, all coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. I want to tell you right now, better good friends over at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is there for you, and it is uh, great because, listen, we all like have, have been there, right, where like, you don't want the, the unexpected to pop up and you don't have what you need. Uh, you know, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical and they can empower you for like the unexpected and you can uh, avoid being caught without the right medications or anything like that. The Jace case is there for you because it gives you five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. You can get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Go check them out today by, uh, of course, going to jacemedical.com using code locked on for $20 off. And the Jace case is great because you could just have that peace of mind that, that if anything were to pop up, you can have that medication you need. Uh, you can have the, the five antibiotics that you need uh, to fight off 50 plus infections and, and to really feel confident that you can you know, supply and, and support your loved ones and you're not worried about uh, you know, anything in that realm. So check it out today. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com slash locked on for $20 off of your Jace case. And the Jace case is what has all of those antibiotics for you to use and to make sure you're empowered to have uh, everything you need in case of an emergency and just for that simple peace of mind. You know, of course, you know, there's a chance that that you want to be empowered and you want to have that life-saving antibiotics with you. When you use code LOCKDOWN at checkout, you get $20 off at Jace Medical for the Jace case, J-A-S-E medical.com. And then go use the code locked on for $20 off. 
We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, Vasem Icic is getting a lot more comfortable. The playmaking is, is good stuff. It's real, and, and it's getting better. Uh, I, I think that as you see these games progress, I think that you're seeing him in real time gain more chemistry with his teammates of understanding the win, like when they're going to do something, and also understanding the where, like where they're going to where they're going to cut, but also where they like the basketball and how they like it, and, and kind of what parts of the floor that they were more comfortable in. You're seeing them gain that kind of chemistry as as connectors very very um, broadly through time and like blatantly on your screen. Uh, but he was really more comfortable. I think he did play at a better pace and tempo. Like it was still obviously it's skewed to the slower side of things versus what like the Thunder typically do, but it felt like he was in more of a control of not only his own pace, but the NBA's pace. Uh, and, you're, and you're seeing him continue to get some, some continuity with his teammates. Uh, he did try a lot of the, you know, in the pick and roll, try the mid-range off the dribble jumpers, which is something that he worked on the entirety of the end of the last practice. And so I guess it's a, it's a point of emphasis for him. Eight points, four rebounds, six assists, a steal, 17 minutes in this game for Micic. I think this was one of his better games, uh, and, and I'm interested to see kind of how he how he fits in to the rotation once the season starts for real on Wednesday. Uh, speaking of the rotation, Casey Wallace is going to play right away. Like I've been soft launching this opinion, but tonight he, he had another off the dribble pull up jumper and entering this game. He was five for eight in those instances. He was really good off the dribble. Uh, he uses his body incredibly well at the rim. Like he just uses his body to shield off defenders and get clean looks. He can also hang in the air and just kind of give these like dump off passes to other cutters and the ability to just, to just fight defensively and get steals, get deflections and be a pest. And it is incredible. And it's another guy who you can trust. Like he's a rookie. He's only whatever, you know, 19, 20 years old. He's a rookie, but you can trust him. You can put him out there and know he's going to play hard nosed defense He's going to make the right decisions. Like he's not going to, he's not going to mess up because he did the wrong thing. Now things aren't going to work all the time. Not every shot's going to go in. Not every pass is going to get through. But it won't be from a lack of like awareness. Like he has the core awareness to make to do the right things. And when we've heard the players continuously praise him throughout training camp, and he backs it up with how he's playing on the court. And Mark has praised him too. Like Mark, of course, is going to try to temper expectations for a rookie. But like after the game, he said of Casey Wallace, it's good to have him back. You know, he, we tried to get him some good run tonight. Casey Wallace is just a competitor. He's a winner. He doesn't play for the score. He doesn't play for his box score. He just plays the next possession. Like those are things that the Thunder really value and Mark really values. And like if you do those things, you're going to play. And I think he's going to play. Like, I think he's going to play Wednesday against Chicago. I think he's going to play in this rotation. In this game, he had 13 points, three rebounds, two assists, three steals, one shot uh, missed inside the arc, one for three from three. Really good player. Like, really, really good player that I, I think has an incredibly bright future in the NBA long-term, but also can impact things as a rookie right now. It's not to say he's never going to play for the Blue, but I think that he'll play right away. Uh, the Blue do not start for another couple of weeks. Davis Bertans, another game where he he plays seven minutes, scores nine points on three threes, you know, three for four shooting from three. Nice, like a nice game from him. And I'm I'm interested to see what it looks like when the team is like fully going. 
Like when the roster is set, when the team is is as healthy as you can get, because you're never going to get 100% perfect health, but when they're as healthy as you can get, what does it look like when Davis does play? Like, could you find, when you're fully healthy, could you find that, that lineup where you can get that spark of boom, 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 three quick threes from Davis, but he's surrounded by really good defenders, so it becomes even more lethal? Like in that seven-minute span, he's surrounded by such good defenders that you can hide him, and so you're still you're still playing a high-level defense on one end, but on the other end, you're still getting the the, the, the just barrage of three-pointers going in. I'm interested in that. I'm interested to see how often he or if he ever does join that 11-second subgroup where he is put in at the last dead ball of a quarter and just put in there uh, if the Thunder have the ball just to, to add another shooter to the floor and, and really start to. Uh, you know, give you a give you an advantage in terms of trying to score at the end of a quarter. But Bertans has looked good uh, throughout preseason. Kind of kind of looked as you would expect for for the veteran uh, for the Thunder. Olivier Saar. Mark has made it a point to continue to say that they're a believer in Olivier Saar. Chet, I asked Chet about Olivier Saar, and Chet told me that you know that they're excited anytime that Olivier Saar gets in the game, and that Chet has no preference on if he plays with a big or without a big. He just has to go execute whatever they tell him to go do. Uh, and Saar in this game, 10 points, six rebounds and assists, two blocks. Just like in the G League, he's a bit overzealous to get blocks at times. Uh, and you saw it result in that kind of like weird foul, but then also like he grabbed the rim and it was a technical foul uh, on him at the at the uh, end of that game, you know, towards the end of his, towards the end of his playing time in that game uh, for Olivier Saar. So he, he at times can get a little bit overzealous to uh, to get blocks and it can sometimes result in a, uh, in a nice little... But ultimately, Sar was good, and, and and he and he he's doing the job, right? I got I, I think that we can sometimes get carried away a little bit with preseason. But Olivier Sar, it's, it's translated from the G League. The good and the bad have translated, and for a backup big man, like you'll you'll absolutely take this, from Olivier Sar. And he did start tonight, but I, I, I that's not of course going to be the thing once the team is fully healthy. Uh, Jack White and Trey Man, the last two guys we're going to talk about today. I'll say this about Jack White. I still, I still think that he's probably the odd man out, but it is a real skill to, to be cold all night, like not play a minute all night, and then you get thrown in with six minutes left, and you go in there, you get four points on very nice cuts to the rim, explosive cuts to the rim. You get a couple rebounds and an assist, and you play defense with intensity, and, and, and you have energy. And, and he's Josh Giddey's friend, and he's kind of a, a bigger-ish body than what the Thunder have. Like those are all selling points to, to keep Jack White around because no matter who you keep around of these of these two, they're going to be at the end of the bench kind of guy. And Jack White is much better than Trey Mann at at coming in cold and immediately making an impact. Whereas Trey Mann, he's a little bit more of a rhythm player, and that's not to knock Trey Mann. It's just that like there's just two different type of players. Like some players are rhythm players, some players are just like they can they cannot touch the floor in weeks, and then all of a sudden they get five minutes of action. And they look, they look just the same as they would have if they would have played every single game leading up to that point. And Trey Mann is a rhythm type of score and a rhythm type of uh, you know guy who, 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 who gains confidence from stability and gains confidence from having a defined role. And so you know, in, in nine minutes, he goes over two, two fouls, an assist, a rebound. But not only, not only that, like, like forget about statistically, just the feeling of like him out there, like it just felt like he was uncomfortable out there, like after not playing the whole night. Uh, to come in there, he couldn't really get into his groove, and uh, that, that you know that that's going to be the great debate of what to do. I, I, and I don't really think that there, I don't think that there's a wrong answer. 
Who do I think is a better player? Trey Mann. Who do I think that has a has an NBA future? Trey Mann. I think that Trey Mann can still be a really good player in this league for a microwave bench score. Like he can really carve out that role in the NBA. I, I still believe in that. But when you're talking about this team, Jack White's better at, at just never playing and then all of a sudden playing and 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 picking up right where he left off. Whereas Trey Mann, you know, he's got to kind of feel feel his way back into it. And so, like, who I think the better player is, if you're just looking at like 2K ratings of like who who would be our best overalls, Trey Mann would be the best overall. You would keep Trey Mann every single time. But for what the Thunder are going to ask these guys to do, and for Trey Mann personally, there's still an argument to be made that like personally for Trey Mann, is it better for him to be an end of the bench guy in OKC, or is it better for him to go? And and go to a team that needs guards and um, can will actually give them like a, a, a leash of opportunity, and can afford to to play him more. You can make the argument that it's better for both parties. Like the Thunder will get off of this roster crunch and and, and clear their minds of this roster crunch, and Trey Mann will get to showcase what he can do because we all still believe in the in the skill set of Trey Mann. So. I still think it's going to be Jack White. I, I still think that, that that's going to be the cut, but uh, it, there's no wrong answer here to me. And, and I don't think, and, and I don't want, if it's if it's Trey Mann, if it's either a trade or, or a cut for Trey Mann, if Trey Mann's not here next week, I do not want that to be an indictment on Trey Mann. I do not perceive that as like the Thunder don't believe in Trey Mann. I, I believe the Thunder still believe in him. I think that a lot of the fans and, and a lot of us in the media still believe in him. It's just that like sometimes you're just not in the right spot. Sometimes you're just not in the right organization. You're not in the right team construction. You're not in the right rotation. So I think that that factors into it too, not just like skill-based. If it's just skill-based, Trey Mann's the obvious better player. And Trey Mann's one of the better players, um, you know, for, for the for the roster that's been on the roster crunch. But uh, for his sake even, you can make the argument that it's, he'd be better elsewhere. Now, let's see what happens. I, I still believe in Trey Mann. I still think that he can be a really good score. And maybe that's foolish, but I still believe he can be a really good score in this league. So what do you think? Preseason's all wrapped up. We have a loaded week coming up. So Monday, we're going to answer some of your mailbag questions. So if you have any more mailbag questions, get them down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. We're going to talk about who has to fill in for Jay will uh, as he's out for a couple weeks, talk about the rotation for opening night all on Monday to get us, get a set for the week on Tuesday. We're going to give you the NBA season preview, the entire West, the entire East standings, awards, playoff preview, all that good stuff. On Wednesday, we're going to hit you with an entire Thunder season preview and the keys to that game against Chicago, what we want to see against Chicago. On Thursday, we're going to have a recap of that Bulls game. On Friday, we're going to talk about uh, kind of the adjustments that can be made against Cleveland and what we've learned in that first week of the season. And then Saturday, we're going to recap the Cleveland game. So next week, you get a bonus podcast because they do play on the weekend. So there it is. Check it out. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.